0: Hi everyone and welcome to the Parma podcast. I am James Prescott, your host. Welcome to the show. It's really great to be with you all all again. Um, And uh, today uh, we have a new guest on the show. Um, Very exciting. Um, A poet, no less. Um, I'm uh, really excited to talk to uh, Marla Taviano. Welcome.
1: Thank you, James. It's so good to be here and it's Funny because I have heard that intro to your podcast so many times, but I've never been looking at your face when you said it. <laughs> so it's kind I of am. it's kind of a weird.
0: I, I, weird yeah, thing it for is. Me. The same I like, intro, it. I, like
1: it? I like your face. I like your face.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a bit surreal to think about the fact that I probably introduced the podcast in a very similar way um that's a bit yeah <laughs> a bit well, it's a good
1: it's a good thing i i like it when i i know what to expect at the beginning of a podcast so
0: <laughs> oh, that's good that's reassuring that's good so you'll be getting that same intro folks for the foreseeable future um <laughs> <laughs> it's, that, it's that reassuring um but no it's good to have you um on the show and um yeah welcome
1: thank you i'm really excited to be here
0: yeah and um today we're going to talk about um well, we're going to hear your story uh, and we're going to talk about your your poetry uh you've written a um, book of poetry called "Unbelieve: poems on the journey to becoming a heretic which i love the title that subtitle brilliant <laughs> the journey to becoming a heretic um and there's a lot of great poetry in here and um um, which I, I'm guessing is kind of a reflection of your own of your own journey, right? So, so tell us a bit of tell us a bit of your story.
1: Yeah, that this is all about my journey, and I love that you introduced me as a poet. I don't think I've ever been introduced on a podcast as a poet um, because this is my first book of poetry, and I have heard a couple people call it unpoetry or chunky poetry. It's a little bit unconventional, which. Um, I like to be unconventional, (laughs) and I have been been writing for a long, long time, and I've always written my my story, my experience. Um, I had four traditionally published books back in the day, 2006 to 2009. Um, That's a long story. We can get into that. But basically, I grew up in a small town in Ohio, USA. And it was very white, which I did not really realize at the time because that's just how it was. Hmm. Very conservative. Um, My family were uh, conservative evangelical Christians, still are. Um, And I I like to say, like, my childhood was not traumatic in any way. My parents were very good, kind, loving people. Um, Now our views are very, very different from each other. But that doesn't change the fact that they are still this kind, loving people. I would like their views to change (laughs) like mine have, um, but we'll see how that goes. And so, yeah, for many, many years, I was just a good Christian girl. And that's what it says on the back of my book. There once was a very good Christian girl who had all the answers. It was so very simple, quite, quite clear. The Bible made it so. It all went according to plan for well over three decades. And then something happened. And I know from a lot of the guests that you've had on your podcast and just the people we have in our Twitter circles and things like that, that deconstruction is a big theme, a big thing that's going on. Some people say it's, it's trendy or whatever. Um, this started happening for me. I didn't have a word for it back then, but probably around 2008, 2009, when things just started to shift, I started questioning things that I'd believed forever and there's just a lot of cognitive dissonance because I thought I want to be a good person, I want to have the right answers, I want to be doing things the right way, and I was starting to just have things poking at <laughs> at this perfect life that I had created and this perfect faith and all the right answers. Um, I credit Rachel Held Evans for pretty much changing my whole entire life when I first heard about her and started reading her writing she scared the hell out of me um because she was so much like me like our stories were so much the same she was about 10 years younger than me but was so far ahead on this journey and it just really freaked me out and so I, I stopped reading her book when after i picked it up and then i i picked it back up because i thought you know what if she's if she's right if there's something to what she's saying i need to know this and so i kept going with that so that was all around 2009, 10, 11. My husband at the time had a heart attack in, in 2011. He almost died. We lost our house. We lost all our money, his job. We, that was three years of that. Then we moved to Cambodia in January of 2015, moved back in March of 2020 in the middle of the pandemic. And then in September of 2020, my husband left me unexpectedly. I found out in January of 2021 that he had been cheating on me for four years. Well, we were most of the time we were in Cambodia. Um, so my world got completely rocked. I was now a single mom of I have three daughters. My oldest daughter is married and her husband is Cambodian and they live with me. All my kids live with me. We're in a new state. We moved we back to South Carolina Um, so we were kind of worried about moving back to the States and, and having culture shock and not fitting in. And we didn't know at the time that the whole entire country and the whole world would be having (laughs) culture shock and all kinds of shock. So that kind of transition might was not as bad as it might have been, but then all the other things that happened in my life, um, were pretty traumatic. And then I had been working on this book about my faith shift for years, like five or six years, could not get it right. And then something just happened. I started thinking to myself, what if I took all these big words and paragraphs and things that are just boring me right now and are changing too quickly? What if I made them into something short, bite-sized, um, something that didn't tell the whole, the whole story. I was afraid of leaving things out and the poems don't tell the whole story, but you can put them together and they make a story. And even though they do leave things out, um, there's just a lot in them. You can read between the lines of the poetry. uh, And I say a lot that I, there's in my heart. I say a lot of things that people have called me brave for I've lost um, some friends and family members, not because of the book before the book came out. Um, but it has been a journey both in life and with this book. I wouldn't trade it for anything, um, but I can honestly say the deconstruction is not something for me that's trendy or sexy. It has been um, one of the hardest things I've ever gone through in my life. But I, the person that I'm becoming today because of it, like I would not trade her for anything. I, I love um, this new freedom. I love the healing that I'm finding, and I'm still in, in, very much in the process. But I don't. I no longer have. I don't have to feel certain about things. I don't have to know things for sure. I'm. I'm more comfortable with uncertainty.
0: Yeah. Oh wow. That's great, isn't it? It's great when when you're free of having to have everything. Fit in a box, and where you have, where you're free of needing answers for literally everything, and you're free to explore and to learn and unlearn and yeah, um,
1: and to love people. You're free to love everybody, yeah, <laughs> not just yeah, not absolutely. just certain people. <laughs> like yeah. that's that's probably been the one of the biggest joys of this is just getting to know people who my whole life I would have called them either um, the enemy or people on the outside or people who got things wrong or people who are going to hell or whatever it was. And these are some of the very, very, very best people I've ever known in my life. And what a shame to go (laughs) for so long being told and believing that there's something wrong or something bad about people who didn't believe the way that I did
0: yeah yeah I know it yeah once once you come said this to other people that when you come out when you once you come out of it and you can see what it is and you see what it does to people who are outside of it and what it can do to people inside of it in fact as well
1: Mm
0: -hmm. yeah it's like how was I ever part of that how was how how did i do that to people how did i act in that way how could i've not seen this you know it it it's a whole different perspective when you come outside of it and you can't see it from inside and um you almost feel sorry for people on the on the inside because they literally cannot see it and you couldn't explain it to them because you can't see it until you're on the outside and Um, But once you see it, you can't unsee it.
1: Yeah, and part of being on the inside is that we're told, oh, these people will come and tell you, they'll try to get you to believe in their agenda or they'll try to say this or they'll try to say that. And so you just arm yourself with all of these arguments and all of these things so that you can't see it. Like you absolutely refuse to see it. I was um, talking on Twitter last night. I know you've had um, my friend Matt Nightingale on your podcast before. Yeah, he's great. I love him. He is just amazing. This he's a gay Christian man pastor and he does a lot of um just brilliant, kind defending himself and the LGBTQ community on Twitter. And sometimes it's tiring for him. And I was just telling him last night that this is holy work that you're doing, but make sure that you take a break and don't don't give these people all of your energy and your joy because I see what some of them are like no matter what truth we tell them no matter what great things we have to say that make perfect sense they are determined not to listen they're determined to to give us these same arguments and it's like fighting a losing battle almost Um, but I remember when I was there in that box with that armed with those verses and everything and and my whole point was don't let anybody like put a chink in my armor sure. don't let anybody get me to stumble like i have to stand firm in my absolute truth and and all of that so yeah it's it's a way different way to live and it's so much better where you don't have to defend beliefs that are really indefensible like you don't have to make things up um just so you can Stick to your beliefs or defend evil presidents or whatever the case may be. Um, You can listen, you can be open, and you can just really receive the the real truth. And you can love, like I said, you can love people unconditionally for who they are. And I want that for everybody. I I don't have um, complete confidence that (laughs) that I can persuade um everybody to to come over to this side um but i'm not i'm not giving up maybe some people i've given up on but a lot of people i haven't
0: yeah and that's it isn't it when you get to i've definitely got this had this experience where i like i see people kind of at the the beginning of of this process or kind of on the verge of this process or and it's it's so difficult to avoid that impulse of wanting to bring everyone to your side isn't it look at that yeah. that's what we that's what you get indoctrinated to do when you're, yeah. <laughs> when you're in that, right? yeah. it's like, like you're right so everyone's got to come over to our side like everyone else is wrong um and the only way that you could the only way to make everything right is to is to control everybody and bring them over to your side and so when you come out of it that you still got that kind of way of thinking in your head so it's like right like I want to bring everybody into my side. I want to start another group. I want to start this group. I want to start that group. I want to, you know, I want to do do conferences. I want to, you know, and not not all of that is bad, but it's just that there's this impulse to do the same thing, just with different language. And part of what I have learned is part of the journey is actually unlearning all of that as well. Yeah, you're right. Um, Unlearning how you do things, how you see the world, how you have relationships so that you don't, so it's not like, So, actually, you can just, for me, I'm now in a place where it's like, I'm going to let everyone else have their journey, and that's their journey. And if they want my help, if they want my support, if they want any wisdom from me, I'm here if they want to ask, because I will gladly encourage, support, give advice to people who want that from me, but I'm not going to force it on anybody. Right. Yeah, Um, absolutely.
1: I, for me, my thing is, It really is. It comes down to love right now, and it comes down to um, protecting others from harm. So, if someone believe whatever you want, I say just believe whatever you want. Go at your own pace. But if you are harming someone that I love, that's that's when I step up. So, if your beliefs are are harming people, um, I get the whole go at your own pace and go on your own journey. Yes, and I really honestly don't care to convince anybody um, to believe how I believe unless it's a harmful belief to someone. Um, and mm-hmm. as a general mm-hmm. rule for me, I I am a woman, so that would be the one way that I could get harmed by some of these beliefs, but everything else, I'm white, straight, cis, hat, like all of this, I have all of that privilege. So not a whole lot of Christian beliefs are, are harming me, um, like they are some of my black friends or my queer friends or Muslim friends. Um, So yeah, it's a, it's a, it's kind of like walking a tightrope, I guess just, um, but yeah, I'm not interested in debating theology, Bible verses. It's kind of why I put the word heretic on the front because I've already given up that. Like I'm not, I'm not interested in, in trying to find a way that I can stay a Christian or I can stay in your group, or I can believe this, this set of things. And at the end, as people see who get to the end of the book, um, I don't land at any certain place. And like I say, that's that's kind of the point. I'm not...
0: <laughs> I love that. I love I'm that. I'm
1: not really interested in that.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. And one of the last poems is that it was well, a quote. It's, it's kind of a quote from Madeleine Lengel, like, love not answers. Love oh,
1: not yeah.
0: Answers. And I'm like, that, that, I was like... I love that because and I love that whole approach of like it's not it's not coming to like oh here's my book and here's the ending with where I've finished and where you need you all need to finish. Yeah. It's like it's just this is where I am, this is where I've got to at this point, but I, I'm not finished, as it were, right? I'm still going. Um which is kind of subversive in itself because there's this formula in in art. Where, especially in writing in books, where you when you get to the end and it's like the person's like, right, well, I've I've done all this journey and now I'm here and this is my destination and this is where I'm stopping and this is where it all ends. And This is where you and kind of implying this is where everyone else needs to get to. Whereas I like, I want to see a memoir which kind of ends with like, which doesn't end that way. It doesn't end that way. Just like sort of, it almost like doesn't even feel like an ending it's like you know i'm at this is where i am now but i won't be here i won't be here soon i'm gonna i'm gonna keep growing i'm gonna keep learning i'm gonna i'm gonna be off somewhere else like this isn't this is just this isn't the end this is just this is just um the end of this 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 chapter kind of thing (laughs) like you know what i mean um and like almost implying that there's there's more to come and like with leaving with a bit of questions and, and mystery and like where is this going and i don't know and i don't know where this is going and like curiosity about where it goes next um that's quite a good way to end, the, to end the book actually but but it's um anyway but it but it's a good way to end to end a kind of a personal book because it it, it it's honest it's about it, it's where you are on the journey like you the, it's an acknowledgement that you're not looking for a destination that you're just on the journey.
1: Yeah. And th- some of my favorite authors who, if I read their books over time, I can see how they've they've changed. And that's one of the things, like <laughs> the, the problem with putting your words into a book, into permanent form, is that when you change, then um, you you still have your old self <laughs> out in, in the world. So I've got these books from the early, like mid 2000s um, that are, written about marriage and sex and motherhood from a very conservative Christian perspective. So I tell people there's an appendix at the end of this book, where I go through all of my books and ebooks and tell people which ones I don't want. (laughs) I don't want them to read. But it it reminds me of even the the Bible, where people who like to quote Paul a lot from the New Testament. And um, like, I know some people who basically, you would think that the Bible is only Paul's words that nobody else has written anything in the Bible, because that's where all the good the good words where you can say be against homosexuality or you can say this or that. But I think to myself, first of all, Paul wrote these letters to house churches. He wasn't intending for these to be read in 2022 in the United States of America. But thinking about too how he he changed his mind over some of these letters and this is now in print and we don't know what he believed like 10 years later. And Rachel Held Evans who we lost a few years ago we don't know what she would have written in 2022. How She was always changing, always growing. And so when I see people that take the Bible literally and say that the Bible is all we need, I'm thinking, well, just think of how many oh volumes of the Bible we could have had in the past 2000 years. Um, and we do kind of have that because we have all these books that people have written and I believe that they can be just as inspired as the words uh, in the Bible. But yeah, if we aren't changing and growing and learning, um, like imagine if technology stopped getting better or we stopped studying how to heal from diseases or we stopped studying about space or anything like that. We don't stop. We know there are always new things to be learned. So that's the same with our theology, with our views on all kinds of
0: things. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, yeah that's it isn't it that's 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 the journey that's what um that's what keeps us alive in a way is that we we just keep growing um I don't even recognize I wrote a book well I wrote a book 10 years ago and I published it five years ago and and I'm a different person from when I don't even recognize myself from five years ago yet alone 10 years ago um and that's that's I guess that's because I've been doing the work I've been learning and unlearning and relearning and um questioning and you know I think my motto all along my journey and it's been a long one, probably even longer than yours maybe um uh <laughs> it's it's just that I never want to stop growing yeah I never want i never I never want to settle anywhere in terms of what I believe or how I believe or um or what I know I want to keep learning and growing and evolving and you know and never settling and to keep becoming more um, the best version of myself or, or the truest version of myself um I keep connecting to you know the source of everything and um keep connecting better to myself and that that's a that's how I want to live um and it's liberating
1: yeah, I've I've heard you say I think on a podcast I listened to not too long ago about how you um, you just love hearing people's stories and learning from people and giving them a space to share. And when I think about all the guests that you have had on your podcast and thinking about like how I'm sure that has helped you to grow. And then you talk a lot about therapy and learning about like just there's so many things. And I am just very um, very much into all of that right now like I want to learn everything I can from other people from their experiences for people from people who are not white like me or are not um did not grow up as a conservative Christian like all of the I want I want to know different things I want to know like all those things I was afraid to learn when I was a Christian I didn't want to it to like shake my faith or anything and now that I don't care about that it's just this great big full World and as I've gone through some trauma in my own life, just going back and reading through journals and trying to figure out um, who I who I am, who I want to be. Like I feel the most myself now than I think I've ever felt in my entire life. But there's so much more that I want to do, healing-wise, helping other people, um, and realizing the privilege that I have and that I can help others who might not have access to the resources that I have. Um, and I like to do that like a lot through my writing, I'm healing through my writing. And I wanted to ask you, you brought up your book. Um, but I had heard you say on a podcast that because of some, uh, difficult experiences that you had had, that you had not, um, maybe been able to write lately. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's that's different for me because my none of my trauma came connected to my writing or through my writing. So that is how I heal. Like that's writing that out and writing these poems. I'm writing, like when my ex-husband left, I started writing poems immediately and they just flowed out. And they're like angry poems and sad poems and <laughs> scared poems and confused poems. And um, I can't imagine like, getting through without being able to write. So I I just wondered for you, like where you're at right now. And I'm so sorry, like that your, that your trauma came through, through writing and that you haven't been able to do it. I love that you've like that you found your podcast, like that's been a way that it's very similar. I mean, to writing, you are still speaking, getting your words and thoughts out there. And it is preserved in a format, maybe not in words, like on, on a page. But that people can keep listening to. Yeah. So how yeah. are you right now with that?
0: With my writing. Wow. I'm getting interviewed on my own podcast. <laughs> I love <it>. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, no. It's funny. It's just funny. <laughs> like um I, I it's just I yeah, I'm always I'm always curious about that. Like um like um but but no, I mean I I um I I, I recently I've I've had little moments where I started to open up again. Um, I've had moments where I've journaled things and kind of just got things started to get things out of me. I felt in my body, my body wanting to speak. Um, mm-hmm. I felt like I feel like I'm carrying something. I mean I'm not like it not like a weighty thing, but just I'm just carrying Um, something in me to communicate to people that wants to somehow be expressed and I don't know whether that's in writing or another format but um but I feel like there's something something in me and um it's going to take a while for me to to really let this out and it needs to come at its own pace um and I'm not going to rush it I'm just going to let it come at its own pace yeah and um, then we'll see, you know. And I do have in the back of my mind that, that what I would that I kind of like to be a bit subversive with whatever I do with next with writing and just write something and not tell anyone or only tell a few people and then just publish it. <laughs> do it, just like, and yeah. just say, Oh, by the way, here's something I've been writing for two years, like, um um here it is it's ready it's done like you know (laughs) i didn't tell anyone here it is um and uh kind of just because it's fun you know and then and also because it just it just kind of buckles the whole capitalism kind of perspective of marketing promoting and hustle and all of that it's just like i just made something which i love and i want you to and i want to share it with you and if you don't and it's and here it is right and that's it and that and yeah, that that would that be more fun. Um, yeah. Rather than kind of, I don't, you know, the temptation of like pursuing a career as a writer is always there, but um, I mean, it's always there when you start writing and you start publishing things. That's what I mean. But I mean, it's not there for me in terms of my life generally. I've got no aspirations of of that right now at all. I just want to. I just like making things. Yeah. And I like making podcasts and I want to make lots more podcasts. And I wanna create things and if words start coming out and then I will write something. And um I just need to kind of navigate my way to that place where I can just write and enjoy it and it um without kind of the without the trauma getting in the way and without the fear of um failure getting in the way and all, all just kind of navigate those waters and I'm 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 working my way through them. Um so I'm sure I will write again and I'm sure that I will publish things again. Um it'll just take time and it'll take as long as it as it takes. Um but um I think writing write, words will always be part of part of me. What writing yeah. will always be part of me. Um I don't think it's going to go away. It's a gift I've always had, and it's like this. Um, for me, writing is like this—this this love that broke your heart, um, this big love that you had and that broke your heart, and wants to. And you're trying to reconcile. You're trying to work it out. You're trying to come back together again. And um, and so that's that's kind of where I'm at with it. And I haven't abandoned writing. Um and I'm sure I will come back to it and publish things in the future. It's just a matter of when. <laughs> that's that's really yeah. it. I wasn't expecting to be asked about that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I just I love writing so much and I I was just struck by the fact that the thing that brings me healing is something that hurt you. Like when you said it was like this love that broke your heart. Like I take the things that broke my heart and I write about them to heal. But what would I do if, if I couldn't write, like if the writing was what, (laughs) if that broke my heart and then I, I didn't have that. Um, And also I think like what you just said about uh, capitalism and marketing. Oh gosh. Like, so for me, I, I do want a career as a writer, but the thing is, it's because I have so many books, so many things that I want to write that I don't have the time because I'm supporting myself and my four kids. So my job, my day job is actually a writer, but I'm writing for businessmen and women. I'm writing for digital marketing companies. I'm writing for a loan officer. Like I'm, I'm doing all of their writing. So I'm using my skills, but I'm not using my heart and I'm not sharing the words that I I want to share. So all of that just is sitting and waiting till the bills are paid and then I can have time to do the writing that I want. But I think about a world where I could just write whatever I wanted and and support myself and not not have to do that other writing and also not have to market. I know every single writer whines and moans about marketing, but... It it really isn't fun for people who just want to write and just want to share their words and just want to help people with their words. Getting the word out about your book and trying to sell copies. I put on the internet today that um, my book is self, this most recent book is self-published through Amazon and I have a dashboard that I can go look at and it's on Kindle Unlimited. So if you read any pages of my book on Kindle Unlimited, I get money. But today's dashboard, when I opened it up, it said that my estimated royalties for today was one cent, like one penny, because someone had read four pages of my my book, and that was one cent. So I took I took a, a, a photo of it and shared it and said, I probably won't be um, quitting my day job <laughs> quite yet. And then just a little bit ago, I checked again and I had sold two copies of my book, so it said10 dollars and22 cents, which again, still is not enough to, to support myself and my family. But that is my, my hope and my dream, not to make millions of dollars. I mean, if that happens, fine. But more so that I can use whatever time I have left on this planet to get out all the words and all the things that I want to say, that I want to share. Mm-hmm. Um, because every day for the past few months, every single day, I have gotten a message or someone has tweeted about my book or they sent me an email They've written a review every day. And it's all things like, it's either that my story resonated so much with them, like they're going through this too, and they didn't know how to put words to it, or that reading my book has inspired them to pick up writing again, inspired them to, like some people have said, I, I used to write poetry. I'm going to write a poem. Someone told me the other day she wrote five poems like after she had um, read my book. Another guy said that he's going to start writing songs again because he hadn't done it in like 10 years. Um, just today, my my oldest daughter and I went to the thrift store. I always look at books and she looks at vintage clothing. And I got this big thing of books. But there is a a guy who works at the thrift store. His name is Leon. And he had shared with me. The last like, like a few times before when I had bought all these books, he asked me if I oh, do you like to read? And I said, yeah. And he talked about how he was trying to write a book. And I'm like, oh, I wrote a book. We we get to talking about it. And the next time I come in, I brought him a copy of my book and gave it to him. And He's really excited. Well, today when we were check, I was checking out and he said, I'm trying really hard. I'm trying to write a poem trying to write a horror poem. And he said, it's actually about working here at Goodwill. And he tells me this whole thing. It's like, but I can't get it right. I can't get the rhyming. And I said, Leon, everything you just told me just now, just put that down and then work on it. Um, So I love being able to inspire people, whether it's they don't feel alone anymore, or they feel like now they can go out and do what they were made to do. And it's not always writing. Everybody's not a writer, but I think we all are creators of some kind. Um whether we're creating things with our hands, our voices, whether it's a garden, crocheting a blanket, whatever it is, I think there's something in us that wants to make beauty in in the world in some way. And we can lose sight of that um when we have traumatic things in our lives, when we're too busy, When we have a pandemic, when we're trying to raise kids, when our partner leaves, whatever it is, um, mental illness, physical illness, all those things can derail us and sidetrack us. And it makes it really hard. Like When you're just trying to survive, it's really hard hard. to take time to to rest or to create. Um, So I just want that for everybody. When I think of loving my neighbor as myself, what do I want for myself? I want the time and the freedom and enough money so that I can spend time doing what I love. And that's what I want for you. That's what I want for, for any of my friends is just that they can have the space to breathe and become more of who they were meant to be.
0: Hmm. Oh, that's good. I like that. Yeah. More space to breathe and be who we were meant to be. Yeah. I think that's, I think everyone has been looking for that in the last couple of years. We just, there's been so much going on in the world, so much every single day. It's just, yeah, we're all carrying so much collective grief and trauma and, you know, from everything from you know and the pandemic and um you know gun, gun crime in America and Black Lives yeah. Matter and all the things associated with that and there's so much going on and in England we've had Brexit and we've had um we've had other things going on you know it, and everyone's carrying so much and yeah you're right We sometimes we just need to breathe like I remember, actually, I've told this story many times on this podcast, actually, as well, that the the first week I tried a different church, I felt myself breathe out for the first Mm. time in church for years. And I noticed it because it was so tangible. I was like, wow, I haven't breathed out like that in church for years. Mm. And I realized how much I've been holding things in. I'd just been going to the same church for years and years and years and not been anywhere different and I'd say you don't realize when you're being spiritually abused when your body is reacting to it
1: yeah. until
0: you go somewhere else where that's not happening, yeah, and my body real- my body my body felt different because I wasn't in that space anymore um you know, and just just being able to breathe um is, is, is liberating.
1: Yeah. And there's so you're right about the trauma and the compounding trauma. And then I think about my black friends or my queer friends who have that constant fear that something could happen to them because of the color of their skin or because of the way they identify and going through life constantly on, like having to be hyper aware, be on the defensive. That what will happen to me if I'm if I'm not careful, and carrying all that trauma in them, and then trauma from their their ancestors. Like if their ancestors were enslaved, and that being passed down. Like just so much heaviness. And then, like you said, that Black Lives Matter, and and people trying to fight white supremacy and anti racism, and thinking about how like you it's it's like you can't even if you're black in america you can't just it's not you're you're living your life in in so much fear and trauma but then also people are coming to you and like oh educate me about this (laughs) it's like come on this is too much like it's too too much and so that's what i am just always trying to to show people their their slash our our privilege what it's like to not have to worry when you you walk down the street or not have to worry that when you go into a store someone's gonna racially profile you or not worry about your kids when they leave the house um, because the policeman might gun them down just all of these things that we take for granted and then for our black and brown friends who are have this pandemic piled on top of that and i think about people who work for minimum wage, and they can't they can't work from home because they, they work at McDonald's. My, my son-in-law, who is a Cambodian immigrant, moved here at the end of June 2020, and it wasn't until last week that he got his green card, his social security card, all of that, and was able to start a job. And he's working at the McDonald's down the street because he can't get his driver's license until he can pass the driver's permit test which is 300 questions condensed down to 30 but it's in his second language and it's about roads and things that he's <laughs> not as familiar with and just so many things that are piled up against him um that he has to to overcome and I know that's the story for so many people and I think about all these billionaires and they could just make things better for everybody with a snap of their fingers and, and sharing some of that money. I don't know. I'm just really burdened for people whose lives are extra, extra, extra hard. Like I, I could tell someone all the hard things that I've gone through and I would get a lot of, oh, wow, that's really rough. But it's nothing compared to what so many people endure on a daily basis. I don't even know how they do it. So I'm just committed to, to the rest of my life finding a way to, to help people be able to to breathe, to have enough to to take a rest, um, to, to be safe, for us to change laws in the U.S. that that hurt people, that harm them, that don't keep them safe, that don't let them be who they are. Um, so it can feel like a lot and I need to remember myself to take to take breaks and to take rest so that I can be strong enough to to go all the way with this. Cause that's, that's my plan. Like when you were saying the things that we didn't know back then and the ways that we caused harm and we were unaware of that. Now that I am aware, I want to make those, those things right. Um, but I want to do it in a way that honors people, that honors myself. Um, yeah. A lot to think about.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 That's right. Wow. That's, you've been on an incredible journey and um you're still on it um (laughs) like I say like we've talked about and it's amazing I'm really it's been really amazing to hear a bit of that today and um there's so much more to to learn and unlearn and to and to do and um yeah just somehow learning to go beyond survival in this world yeah. because so many people are just surviving and I I want to I, I know that in myself I want to move beyond surviving and I'm not talking about I'm not going to go through the kind of survive thrive thing but <laughs> I want to I want to I want to do more than survive I want, I want to be alive mm-hmm. um, and I think there's a lot of people out there that you feel that and that's that's the that's the journey um, so thank you for sharing yeah Um, thank you you for giving me uh, a space to share no you're welcome um i highly recommend this book of poetry to everyone it's called it's called Unbelieve: um poems on the journey to becoming a heretic and you can get it on amazon um it's really really great there's a lot of short poems long poems um quotes it's it's fantastic um i highly recommend it to everybody um uh, where can people connect with you marla
1: um, there are several places. I actually have a website now. It just is just um, came to life. A friend of mine took it over um, and did it for me. I used to have MarlaTaviano.com dot com back in the day, and that has long since expired. And now it's a casino or a poker teaching you how to play poker or something. So so don't don't go there. That's not me anymore. Um, My website is itsmemarla.com. And that's a a line from one of my poems. So itsmemarla.com. I spend quite a bit of time on Twitter at Marla Taviano and Instagram at Marla Taviano. Not really on Facebook a whole lot. Um, But I, I also have an Instagram account called at white girl learning. And that is where I share books that are written by Black, Indigenous, people of color. And that has been one way that I have tried to love my neighbor as myself, where I I write and want people to to read my words. And I know that it's been a long road for a lot of um, authors of color to get their books out there, to get them noticed, to get them widely read. And so that's like my... Small effort, doing something I love, which is reading, and then sharing these books. So you had commented on my bookshelf. Um, all the books behind me are all books by Black, Indigenous people of color. Um, I about five years ago I realized that the thousands of books I had read in my life were probably ninety-eight percent by white authors, and so I have flipped that on its head in the last five years. And I would say that now ninety-eight percent of what I read are. Um, by authors who are not white and it has changed my life. So if anyone wants to find some really great books to read, that's at white girl learning on Instagram.
0: Yeah. And I can tell, I can testify for this. There's, there's probably about 50 books on, th- on like three bookshelves for, four kind there's of
1: actually four. Four. <laughs> like,
0: know, like, yeah. okay, <laughs> more than that. Like, um, um, which are all by black authors. So um, that's that's a great example for for us white people. We need to be reading more black authors. Um, so thank you for that. Um, and do go and follow Marla and check out her work and her book. Um, and uh, thank you again, Marla, for coming on.
1: Thank you so much, James.